and the order of the rewatch. We got all kinds of news, and we're going to, you know, say rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Here we go, Norris Podcast. And here we go. Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan. Ryan, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. We have an amazing episode ahead for you guys. But before we hop into this episode of the Nordy's podcast, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram. I'm not even going to say Facebook anymore. At Nordy's podcast or subscribe on Podbean, podcast app, or Spotify to get the Nordy's podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week. Heck yeah, and fuck the Zuck. Yeah, I just... I think everyone who listens to the Nordy's podcast should delete your Facebook. I deleted mine. I know others have. Get on it. I'm done with Facebook. They're, they're trash. They're like, oops. How many times have they been like, oops, sorry, we should have not had a hate group put it, posting things that got someone killed up. Yeah. They've said that like 35 times. I hated them. He said we it. made an operational mistake. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on them. So we're not going to promote them anymore on our show. Um, all right, guys. So you might notice it's just Ryan and I, and that is because uh, Nordy's podcast, we had a tough week this week. Um, you might not notice if you follow us on social media because we have remained active and interesting and engaging. But um, our buddy, our pod mate, James, um, was struggling. Even last week when we were doing the show, he was having some real um, back pain. And um, he hurt a disc in his back to the point where it was really difficult for him to walk. He went into the doctor and they wanted to uh, operate immediately because, you know, messing with spines and spinal cords is not something to mess around with. And so they did a surgery um, and he is back at home. Um, He's standing upright and he's uh, gotten rid of a lot of the pain and pressure in his back, but it's just difficult for him to sit um, for a, a you know prolonged, hours on prolonged periods of time to, yeah. to do the podcast. So in all reality, we usually make jokes about where we are, but um, this time we would prefer if you guys could just wish him well. Just message the the uh, Instagram. He's always working on that, and uh, wish him well. He's going to be just fine, and we're happy that he's on the path to recovery. Um, but yeah, he just had kind of a tough week, and it's cool to see how modern medicine can fix something as painful as a bad back. Yeah, he looked rough last week, and that's not a knock on him. I mean, it was he was obviously in in a lot of pain, yeah. and um, I think what he went to the doctor, and then like they did surgery the next day. Like no, 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 he went to the doctor, and they did surgery like three hours. The later. same day, okay. Um, <laughs> they were like, we need to do surgery as soon as we can get it set up. Crazy, and and um, thank goodness for that, right? Yeah. Because he was in he was in rough shape and um, needed an intervention. So also as a as a part of this, just like a. a I'm getting older, you know, we're all, we're all getting older. Um, public service announcement is don't try and mess with back injuries as you, as you get a little bit older. If it, if it's serious, take care of it, go see the doctor. Um, don't go to a chiropractor first. If you have a, something that, that is serious, um, just take care of yourselves because, you know, even though you feel young and you feel, you know, spry, stuff can happen. And, you know, Jimbo had kind of been dealing with this off and on. Um, so yeah, get it, get it looked at, get it taken care of. Um, like Eric said, we wish him the best. Um, he, he looks great yeah. like, from the pictures that I've seen. He Hopefully looks, he'll be back and ready to go yeah. with us next week. Cause the channels is a big piece of this. He's the anchor. Yes. Right. And, and, um, 
or I guess like the anchor leg, not like the the thing holding us back, like the anchor leg, you know, the <laughs> swim team, um, or the or the sprint. But um, yeah, a little seven day IL trip for him. You yep. know, quick quick uh, turnaround. But yeah, hopefully he'll be back uh, uh, telling us about all of the mistakes that we made this week. All right. So one mistake we didn't make um, was uh, in the beer that we have. We have a great beer from our friends over at Dangerous Man. We are drinking the very famous um, peanut butter porter um, from Dangerous Man, but this is a special version. This is the s'more peanut butter porter. Um, We don't drink a lot of porters on this show. Almost never. This is a famous beer from them, and it's an upgraded version with the s'more. Um, I love this beer. Like, how much do they nail that smoky peanut butter flavor? I think it's good. I Can I do the Sandlot bit with you? Yeah. Some more what? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I honestly, it's such a good base to start with when you throw in a little bit of that, that s'more flavor in there, a little graham cracker, yeah. a little roasted marshmallow. It's pretty solid. I like it. All right, guys. So we're off to kind of a, a somber start on the show, and that's okay. Because um, as much as we love to entertain you, sometimes we have to um, slow down and, uh, you know, have a a sad moment or have uh, a reflective moment. And that's... Take stock. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to do that now because, um, as I'm sure as you guys have all heard, the tragic and, uh, um, you know, far too soon passing of Chadwick Boseman, the uh, amazing actor, plays Black Panther, who played Jackie Robinson, who played, what was it, uh, James Brown? Uh, I think so. Um, who I don't know, just famous. He was in Defy Bloods. Defy Bloods. He's been making all these movies. Obviously, he's very famous for his role as T'Challa, um, the king of Wakanda in Black Panther and in the Marvel Universe. He was only 43 years old and was battling colon cancer for four years. What's amazing about it is that nobody knew. I don't even know if Marvel knew. I don't even know if... Oh, they had. They would have had to have known for insurance reasons. You think so? Yeah. I think he probably disclosed to them with, with some you know privacy uh, pieces to that. But I'm, I'm guessing that there were probably three people at Marvel that may have known. Like Kevin Feige, maybe some lawyers, right? But I doubt the cast knew. Yeah. I, they, I they all seemed like shocked. Well, uh, you know, seeing some of their like, um, you know, goodbye messages on on Instagram and all that stuff. So, you know, living in life, it it's never gets easy to say goodbye to people, and you know, posting a rest in peace message or um, you know, having to deal with people dying is always difficult, and it never gets easier. Um, but I don't know why, but this one really, really bummed me out. Um, I just feel like it was such he was such an important actor. Um, in Hollywood, not just um, because he was able to make um, uh, Marvel movies well or because he was in a lot of good things or just that he was so talented, but also in 2020, it was so important to have someone who was such a prominent black actor as well. And he just seemed like such a amazing role model um, for everybody, but especially I'm, I'm sure for young black men and black kids and people who are seeing themselves in superhero characters that never had before. I know we kind of had this discussion when we talked about the importance of Black Panther when we watched it, you know, like two months ago. Um, But it just definitely hits home. Um, And I think the other thing is, is that 
I found myself being sad um, at the loss of, of his life and uh, the loss of, of, you know, the life of an amazing human being. But I also found myself being sad about the loss of the fictional characters that he plays because the stories that we, we get are so important and people hold them so true. And I think that that's fine. And I think that like people online telling you that you shouldn't be sad when celebrities die or when characters do, they're being crazy and they're just, you know, hiding the way we should feel about people dying and the way we should be thankful about the lives that they lived. Yeah. And it's, I guess like when you think about it from a a selfish perspective, like, well, I don't get to see him on screen anymore. Right. That's, that was our connection with Chadwick Boseman. But I think you, you hit it perfectly on the head when, when we're losing the original King T'Challa and what he brought to all of those films. Like, I think he absolutely nailed the role and this isn't like a, uh, because he's dead, I'm going to overpraise him. We praised this movie top to bottom. I think mo- all of us liked it better when we did it on the rewatch than we did when we first saw it in the theaters. And we loved it when we saw it in the theaters. But seeing someone like Chadwick, and and I listened to his um, Howard University commencement speech that he gave, and it was so unbelievably powerful because it's also weird hearing him talk in a regular accent yeah. um, when you're picturing you know, King T'Challa. But it was like very moving and he just talked about um, being a representative force for people that don't feel like they have the same voice as white people do in Hollywood. And he always talked about how important it was to give the most that he could into the the role of King T'Challa and Jackie Robinson for that matter, mm-hmm. um, because there was it couldn't be at a more important time to be elevating those type of people and those roles. And he knew that he carried that with him. He, I don't know how he's going through treatment for four years and knocked out like four, three of the top six grossing movies in the last like 10. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. Um, so yeah, his loss is going to be felt throughout Hollywood for a while. Not just, not just in the Marvel universe because you know, uh, you know, Black Panther two is going to have to hit a bit of a reset button here, but um, it's you know it's too early to talk about all that and speculate. Let's let the man, you know, have his moment. And uh, but like just just from the Hollywood perspective, losing someone of his caliber, of his mm-hmm. quality, of his compassion, of his voice is a huge loss for sure. And I see, I I don't think that you're being selfish if you're sad that you don't get to see him play T'Challa. I don't like I know that the man is more than the character, but like it's all something that we should be sad about on all different aspects of it. And I think that what is so amazing to me and made me feel pretty emotional about it was just the life that he was able to live knowing that his days were numbered. The way that he was able to, you know, um, I'm sure everyone's watched the videos of him talking about um, the work he did um, with uh, children who were terminally ill with cancer just unbelievable um his work in, and heart heart wrenching too it was yeah. and the, the work he did in politics and the way that he touched so many lives whether it was just people watching him on the screen or the actual people he worked with you know it's it's really a tragic event and it makes me think to myself wow i really want to live my life hard with the time that i have because that's what he did yeah i mean he obviously got that call in his late 30s and you know got some tragic news and was like i could stop this could this could end me or this could be you know the reason why i grind every day to make a difference so um yeah chadwick boseman rest in peace such a sad loss 
and uh, Ibambe. Ibambe. All right, guys, moving on. It's never easy to move on after something like that because that's obviously the main, most important topic. But there are um, some bits of good news when it comes to entertainment, so we're going to try to give you that as well. And we're going to start with uh, Netflix's Enola Holmes um, with uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Yep. And uh, what's his name? Um, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. And Helena Bonham Carter. Yep. And I'm sure I'm missing some people, but... There's one other main dude. I can't think of it. Show looks really cool. It looks really cool. Um, I think it looks really fun. Um, I don't know about this iteration of Sherlock Holmes. I think because Henry Cavill's playing Sherlock Holmes. Um, He doesn't move the needle for me one way or the other. But I think we all know Millie Bobby Brown is like a star in the making. Like she's going to be... Uh, an unbelievable actress for for years to come. I find it so interesting when people are hard on her as an actress because she's female. They're like, "Oh and gosh, she's, she's so annoying! Like, why can't she be less annoying?" It's like you've been watching her since she was like thirteen years old or whatever. You know, like she is a child still, and Literally. it's not easy. And to grow up in the public eye is never an easy thing. Um, I think she has done it masterfully, and I can't wait to watch the show. I think it is going to be um, for the exact same crowd that Stranger Things is for. Um, which is, um, are you a kid? You will like it. It will be a little scary for you, but you will like it. Are you uh, a teen? You know, you're going to like it. It's going to be a little edgy and a little fun. Are you an adult? You're going to like it because the storytelling is going to be great. Like it's going to be a little something for everyone. And I love shows like that. And I do think that Netflix might be at its very best when it does those shows. I'm really hoping that Enola Holmes hits that kind of show. Yeah, it could be. I think, uh, Netflix really goes for it with some of these things and it either works or it doesn't. Um, I feel like initially my gut reaction says this is going to be one that works. Um, however, I've been disappointed by them before. So um, I'm, I would say I'm a little more reserved than you in my expectations uh, for this. But I think, like you said, it will be fun at the very least. Even if it's a show that we don't love, I think we're all going to watch it. I definitely care about this one. And, you know, I really enjoy when a show gets made where there's at least some level of written name recognition with numerous people in it. I'm, I just think that is really exciting. And I'm not saying that there aren't unknown people who make amazing TV shows, but it's just like when they kind of compile a list of people that I've I've seen in other things, it's pretty exciting. And yeah. so I have high hopes for this. And if you guys are anything like me, I love the Sherlock universe, all of the versions of it. I think it's a it's going to be a little bit unfair to Henry Cavill. Like like I said, you know, we don't think he's that great of an actor, but he's going to be immediately compared to Robert Downey Jr.'s version of that Sherlock version. Holmes. And I think that he's just going to lose that battle. And just if you think about it, in the last 10 years, um, Henry Cavill, uh, Robert Downey Jr., and Benedict Cumberbatch have all played Sherlock, and I think he's the worst actor of the three. Agreed. All right, moving on. HBO is going to adapt Michael Crichton's Sphere. I don't know anything about this. Um, it's going to be the people who did Westworld is all I know. Um, is this something that you think will be good? So <clears throat> the the old the original movie Sphere, I think it was like a it was like a space movie from I want to say like the nineties. It starred like Dustin Hoffman, um, Sharon Stone when she still had like a career, um, and Michael Crichton had some had some hits. Um, Obviously, like the most well-known one would be Jurassic Park, uh, but they were they were making a lot of Michael Crichton stuff um, at the time. I think um, what was the movie Outbreak, too? I think that might have been a Michael Crichton book, but don't quote me on that one. But anyway, he he had made some uh, interesting 
uh, content, and he was a big book writer. So I think this will be a show that we are going to look forward to. Um, I hope Jonathan Nolan and and his you know crew and his team can can do it right because I thought the movie was pretty like interesting and cool. It was like this um, group of explorers that found this sphere um, on a, on a planet. It's, it's a lot like, uh, oh, what was the other one? Like alien, uh, like Prometheus. Ooh, um, I liked Prometheus. And, and so it has a little bit of element to it. Like, in the, like you touch the sphere and then you get transported into this different world and you got to try and get out. And it was pretty cool. Um, if a bit, you know, kitschy and, and cheesy for like a nineties space movie. Um, but I think this could be done well. And HBO, man, they don't have a lot of misses. Um, especially these days, HBO is pumping out grade A, triple A content left and right for the most part. So, um, I have high hopes that this will be good. However, we've seen what Jonathan Nolan can screw up <laughs> in one season. Westworld like looks incredible though. It's beautiful. But it's just, it, it, it's like, it's dry. It's too complicated. It's like so complicated. They couldn't figure out how to tell the story. They were like, ah, uh, how do we get a, them to understand to this? Maybe we'll just have Bernard tell them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we, had, we had two timelines last time. Let's go three. I like HBO. Uh, and honestly, um, I'm, I'm not a huge biopic fan. You know, whenever they do something like that, I'm never very excited. But pretty much everything else that I watch on HBO is good. Yeah. So I think I care. Yeah, I care too. All right, His Dark Materials, another HBO show. We got a trailer for season two. I think that this show is so underrated. Um, I love the girl in it. Um, I don't know her Daphne name. Daphne Keene. Daphne Keene. Yep. I think she is another future star. She's on Millie Bobby Brown's level of like potential. She's on the same level, but she doesn't um, have the mainstream uh, recognition because she's not on Stranger Things and all the kids don't know true, her. True, true. But she was in yeah, Logan. None, none, none of the kids watched Logan. Oh, Logan was our favorite movie, like one of the best movies of the past decade, in my yeah. opinion. And we loved it, and she was incredible in that. Now she's great in this as well. Um, season two, I think, will be even better than season one. I think that they will see kind of the things that really worked and the things that didn't. Um, one thing I'm hoping for, though, is more... McAvoy. McAvoy. More Thank McAvoy, you. I, less... You knew exactly what I was going oh, Yeah, going. More McAvoy, less Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Far less. Absolutely. M- more of everything except for Lin-Manuel. Like, I, have him show up, and then he goes off on his own adventure, and then we never hear from him until the finale. It's funny, because honestly, it's almost as if... I, I've, I've never read these books. So I believe there are three Me books neither. in yeah. this series. Um we don't really know where McAvoy's character's going. Um, you know, we know he's a, a scientist who's doing controversial work at this point. Um, we know he's done good things and bad things. So I'm not exactly sure how, how tough and rugged his character needs to be in the end. But it kind of seems to me like they should have just switched Lin-Manuel Miranda and James McAvoy because the characters that they're playing are not for them right now. It's a little awkward. Well, I think McAvoy like nails his character. Like the the finale was unbelievable was when, when he was you know into his uh, little thing that he was doing. I don't want, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but um, I don't know if they they were playing the long game and said McAvoy's going to eventually have <laughs> yeah. more screen time and more lines. And so yeah, we know Lynn is not quite up to the task here, but we'll just keep him because um, he'll be less 
of a problem in in in, in, in seriously in later <laughs> yeah, seasons. So no, for sure, I hope I hope that's the case. All right. So uh, also the nerd trailer dropped. This one was called Raised by Wolves. I haven't seen it yet. Is this something? Oh, by the way, we both care a lot about his dark materials. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. We need more shows. It's coming this fall. Um, Raised by Wolves trailer dropped. What do you know about it? Is this something that you think I would like? Dude, I think it looks cool. Um, I feel like I don't know how the story is gonna gonna play out. Um, the acting looks good so far. So, um, elevator pitch for the for the story, um, or for the for the series is. I don't know if they're robots or humans are sent to another planet to start setting up, uh, you know, shop to get away from the Earthlings or whatever planet they're from, and eventually they're found out where they are and the, the you know the earthlings uh, come and start imposing um, all of the governmental rules that existed on uh, let's just say earth uh, that existed on earth and religion and and they're like how can you raise kids without god and all this stuff and then um, it just kind of goes off the rails from there and and it's the two beings that are uh, trying to protect their kids from this intervention if you will and this is done by Ridley Scott so this isn't a. I this, like Ridley Scott. This isn't a slouch name. Yeah, I mean he did The Martian, which was unbelievable. I, I like all the Ridley Scott space stuff. <laughs> like I yeah, really do. Yeah, I think he does a pretty good is job. It, is it Aliens that he did? Aliens and Alien Three. I don't or remember did he when he do Alien. I don't remember when he started. This is where we, see. This is where we miss, <sighs> dude. Why don't we channel this? Jimmy Channels would be like right now. He'd be like, nope. He did Aliens and Aliens Three, but then he didn't do the second. But he didn't yeah, do whatever. Right, yeah. Like he would know that. We don't know that. I mean, we could IMDb it very easily, but we it's could. not. It's not really worth. I it. don't care that much. Um, I think. I think it looks uh, amazing. I think the story is intriguing. I think it's definitely enough for all of us to give it the JC Three. JC Three. I'm in on that. All right, here yeah. we go. Netflix Cobra Kai. It's out. And boy, are we excited about it. Ryan was texting me all week about it. Loves Cobra Kai. No, I'm kidding. It's the top show on Netflix, and it looks horrible. I, I don't know why. It looks horrible. It looks so dumb. It looks just awful. I mean, if there's something I don't like, it's a story about like a middle-aged guy who used to be tough, and then he was pushed too far by some local gangsters. Like, get rid of that storyline. Well, not only that. Hate that. Not only that, like, the Karate Kid... Um, I guess one and two more so than three. Three was a dud, but like one and two, like held such a special place in my heart as a child. Like I loved, you know, Ralph Macchio. I loved uh, R.I.P. Pat Morita uh, as Mr. Miyagi, uh, and then like it just, I don't know. I have no reason or desire to watch washed up Billy Zabka and Ralph Macchio having a midlife crisis on screen. Like I, I just don't need to see that. It, it, doesn't do anything. So for is me. this like original characters coming back to play these? Roles? I think so. I think it's Johnny oh. and oh, fuck, I can't even remember <laughs> his name. So Daniel Larusso. Stupid! I can't even handle it. It looks horrible. I will never watch this show. And the one of the real um, sign that a show isn't for me when it's a fucking pandemic and I'm super bored and I'm like desperately and looking like, for pass. something to watch and I'm like, <laughs> I guess I'll just turn the TV off. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to bed early. <laughs> um, and not only this, this series started off as like a youtube series it was like done for youtube for season one and now and then netflix bought it now they're airing it so uh Uh, yeah all right guys it's time for hot rex do we care about uh cobra kai no zero percent no no all right hot rex here we go um hot rex there's only one rex or wreck this episode 
Yeah. And that's Lovecraft Country. We talked about it last week as well. Lovecraft Country, it's uh, had two episodes out. By the time you're listening to this, there'll be three episodes out. So Aaron you tonight. yourself yep. can do the JC3. This show is off the wall. It is completely out of control. And I love it. It's bonkers. It's crazy. And um, you, you, any expectations you have are not met. You will, you, I doubt you will ever be able to predict what is going to happen on this show. If you are a person whose favorite shows are like boring um, procedural shows about like blue crime. bloods and <laughs> yeah, um, you might not like this. Like, not to be at honest all. with you, I think you're going to be like, this show is too crazy. Where is it going? If you want a show that doesn't apologize for being absolutely wild, batshit, taking all the chances it can, and um, I'm going to give you my take on what the show is about right now. And then they sprinkle a little racist dust over the top of everything. The racist is the scariest part of it. So, Agreed. So let me give you my my take on this show, okay? Um, one, there's monsters in this show. I'm not going to give away stuff from the plot other than that there are monsters and when you watch the first, um, I don't know, minute of the show, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, this show is absolutely crazy. Um, I think that the idea of the show is that there are monsters, but the monsters, I'm not sure that they're real or not. I mean, I have no reason to believe they aren't, but I don't think that they matter. I think that they're just there as this part of the story and that the real story is about a guy who loves storytelling, who loves adventure, who loves literature, who wants to be on his own adventure. And no matter if it's in his head or it's real, he is um, going on this adventure where the real monsters are the white Jim Crow racists who are constantly chasing him, constantly making his life difficult, constantly trying to harm him for no reason other than the fact that his skin is black. It's a really cool show. I mean, the dinner scene in episode two was off the charts, like intense. It all is. They they do such an incredible job, and and I, but that I, was like that was like a moment in TV. Like I call, I, I, like I think Bill Simmons does a good job of describing it. Of like, I have no idea what's going to happen next. Where like, you know, just I mean, this is very high level. They they went to a dinner that they probably weren't welcome at. And then they had everybody leave and it was just a couple black guys. Yep. And the main white dude. And I was like, what is going to happen here? And I was like, I literally like sat up and put my like elbows on my knees and was like watching like so intently because I was afraid of what was going to happen. I think that, uh, you know, Jordan Peele is an executive producer, so I don't know how much of a hand he had in, in um, building the show to exactly how he would do it. But obviously he had some choice in what the show looks like and who was running the show and, and what it turned out to be. And to me, it used all the same tricks that he used in his movies, especially Get Out, where it is telling a story, but the human nature is the real scary the real part. threat. And, yeah. the, and so I just think that's so exciting and so fun. I really love this. Um, HBO did it again. I mean, they always have great shows. And as long as you are a person who is willing to take some risks and you, you know, don't mind something that is going to just absolutely go for it. Um, I think Lovecraft country is for you. Well, I think that's a good, uh, metaphor for maybe some of the current state of the world too, in that watching the show, you need to be open-minded, right? And you need to be 
understanding of, of different points of view and different ways to tell stories and different creative choices. And I think that speaks directly to the, the heavy racism narrative. And that if you're like a, a, you know, white supremacist or not, not even a white supremacist, but like you don't think black people are worthy or anything like that, then the show's not going to be for you. You're going to feel like it's super heavy handed. And, and when in reality, they're talking directly to you. So I think the, the metaphorical, metaphorical like comparison between just today's society or the society in the sixties, I think is kind of when they're telling the story, um, it's not going to appeal to you if, if you're, uh, not open-minded in that sense. So I think, uh, it's a really, uh, cool way to depict that. All right, guys, so please, 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 if you have HBO Max, I think it's called now, but whatever HBO channel or streaming service you're still using for HBO, it's all on there. It's their big new show, Lovecraft Country, and I promise you, you're going to like this show. It's worth a subscription. It's going to be really fun. It's exactly what you need in television right now. And um, for those of you who heard Monsters and you are not the bravest person when it comes to watching movies and TV... I would rate the level of scariness, um, not goriness, but scariness to Stranger Things. And maybe even dialed back a little bit. Yeah. It, Stranger Things gets pretty spooky. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of gore in this where the monsters um, kind of rip people up a little bit. Um, and as a person who doesn't love gore, uh, it, it didn't bother me even a tiny bit. It was fine. And it, I would I would say like, like uh, Stranger Things has less gore but lots more like intense monster moments especially early on this has like really heightened gore for like five minutes but that was really it Mm -hmm. so i I don't think it's too bad all right guys um we're gonna move on to our next segment starting our new segment harry potter and the order of the rewatch. Beautiful. All right. Beautiful. All right, guys. We watched... First off, I am so excited about this. I know you are. You've been pushing <laughs> this one since day one when we started. We were going to do rewatches. I have watched these Harry Potter movies mostly on Freeform, but now on USA 10 million times. They... If they're on TV, I'm just like, all right, all right, this is what I'm doing for the next hour and a half. No matter which one it is. Doesn't matter. Especially the later ones, but like just any of them are on. I'm like, ah, oh, Harry Potter's on. Looks like I have my plan for yeah. the day. Clear, um, clear the calendar. Yeah. Laura, <laughs> tell your folks we can't come over. Um, I literally, um, yeah, I, I love the Harry Potter movies. Were you giddy when you were firing it up? I was, and honestly, like I okay, so we'll start with it. Harry Potter. I think um, it's it's difficult to think back to like reading the Harry Potter books when I was like a, a young boy. Um, but with the, with the <laughs> Harry, much like Harry, yeah, <laughs> with, with the Harry Potter um, books and movies, you know, it's it's hard to remember that you didn't know what was happening. You sure, yeah. And so I think that what I noticed in rewatching this this movie was that it, um. It, it, like the way that they they tell the story and they give Harry the information, you're, you know, you're living through Harry. You don't have any of this information either. You just know he's an orphaned boy who was left by magic people under strange circumstances. You know it was true, but you don't know what was true. And then as he kind of gets those details, it's really exciting to kind of put yourself in in the frame of mind that you don't know what's going to happen yet. And so as they were kind of like he who sh- who shall not be named. 
you know, your parents, they didn't die in a car accident. They were some of the greatest wizards. Harry, you're a, you're a wizard, Harry. You're mm-hmm. going to go to Hogwarts. And it's like, as these reveals are happening and they're kind of giving you the story piece by piece, it was really exciting. And so I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, the way they, they peel back the onion sort of layer by layer, slowly but surely. Yeah. And then some some of the stuff Harry uncovers for himself. Other things are just sort of expositioned to him. I don't think that's a word, but... Where like you know the the famous Hagrid scene. I mean, in at the cabin on the on the island or whatever, um, was just like I, I I tried to put myself because I recently reread or I recently read the books for the first time within the last year, and I think the the books portray a much darker version than what we get on screen, at least in the first couple movies. Um, but that's a discussion for another day. I think that him going from like this orphan boy who lives under the stairs, right? Which is the main crux of the uh, first act of, of Sorcerer's Stone to all of a sudden now, like he's buying a wand and he gets an invisibility cloak and there are flying beings and motorcycles that fly. And like you're discovering this whole new world with him. And that is such a fun journey to take, right? Where you're, you're opening up to, all of these things, and this is all undiscovered country for Harry. Um, whereas, you know, because he was basically a muggle for his entire life, even though he wasn't, right? Um, and, and he he does, like, the best part about it is, like, the best thing in fantasy is um, the way that you can almost picture yourself as the main character. Reacting the same way, right? And, and so I love the part when he's being told that he's a wizard, and he's like, me? But I'm just Harry. I'm I'm a nobody. I'm Harry. I'm only Harry. I, it couldn't be me. Yeah. And like just the whole thing, like that this normal person who lives this normal life has, you know, this incredible backstory and it's going to end up being the chosen one of the whole story is really, really cool. Yeah. And I don't think, I think knowing the end doesn't really ruin the magic of these initial books or, or no, sorry, initial no, films it doesn't at all. at all. Because... There are things that now that you're watching it, now that you're, um, you know, maybe a little bit more seasoned, a little more mature, you you understand things from a from a different perspective and different lenses. And I think um, watching Harry's, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, being a noob to the magical world is exactly how most of us would be when we were ten years old. And it's really fun to watch, um, if it, if at times a bit cheesy, um, him befriend you know, Ron and Hermione and Neville and discover some of these things and they run into some problems. It's just a great opening act to an otherwise epic story. Yeah, and I think like just the magic of seeing the castle and what the magic is capable of is so freaking cool. Yeah. Um, Now, I will say my complaints about this movie is that it was made long enough ago that it was still in a period where we made 90s movies. And, like, we just still weren't that great at making, like, not cheesy movies. It was a 90s movie with a bigger budget. It was. And so, like, like um, all of the parts with Seamus, like, blowing up and, like, having, like, smoke come out of yeah. him for no reason. And he's like, Ugh. Like, that yeah. was rough. Bad. That's Bad. hard to watch. Um, it just, some of the humor in it is pretty, like, pretty silly. difficult. It's silly. Yeah. It's like, it was like a 90s kids movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that before that they, I, I they knew Harry Potter was going to be big. But I think that they didn't quite know exactly how big it was going to be. 
And when they started bringing in some bigger writers and directors and they just made it into the absolute empire it would end up being, um, it was great. And it just took them a little while to get there uh, and to believe in it. Well, I think, so let's compare it to like, I don't know, maybe maybe we can do like a Game of Thrones comparison quickly. Like the first season, I don't think they knew what to expect. I think, and same with Harry Potter. I don't think they knew that it was going to... I think they knew it was going to be big. I didn't think they knew. I don't think they knew it was going to be that big. I think they they knew they had a winner on their hands, and so they used that to fund what would be better seasons later on. And I think that you know they recast Dumbledore after season two. I think he died. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Dumbledore died. Well, the the, the guy, actor. the original yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, the actor. Okay. Well, either way, it was a it, like. It got better, way better, way better. This guy was like too like warm grandpa ish for sure. He's like Santa Claus. And like when I when way. I was like originally watching these movies, I was like disappointed that he was gone. And then like when I got through the, all of them, I'm like, oh man, they should have just had this guy the whole time. Well, and I think, and here's the other point I was gonna make too was that, um, I don't think they realized how many adults were reading Harry Potter as well. For sure. I think, I think maybe they had an idea, but like the analytics for like tracking of who's buying what isn't what it is today. And so I think then they realized like, wow, we got a lot of adults uh, reading this stuff and going to theaters. Um, maybe we need to step it up. And then, you know, Azkaban comes along and completely changes, literally changes the the face of Harry Potter and what it looks like and the feel and the tone and everything basically overnight. Um, they started to delve into that a little bit, I think with chamber, um, you know, especially towards the end, but this, this opening act I think is, is perfect for what it needs to be. Um, it was meant to be a kid's movie until they, until new line realized, holy shit, we can make this a lot better. Um, we can bring in some bigger names. We can bring in, you know, they had lots of, obviously tons of characters to cast. Um, and they did a really good job with that too. So it's not my favorite Harry Potter movie. It never will be. But I thought it was a lot of fun um, going into it from like the rewatch lens of like, I'm not going to take this seriously. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to I'm going to look for all the elements that I never looked for before. I'm going to I'm not going to nitpick. We know it's got lots of flaws, but let's just let's just enjoy it as we go. So I think that the best part of Harry Potter for me personally was just that I grew up as Harry grew up. So, I mean, I read the books before the movies came out. How so, old were you when the first book came out? Uh, the first book came out in the late 90s, so I was like 10 years old, probably. Really? Yeah. So, like you were 10. literally the same age as Harry. Yeah. So, like, when the movies came out, I was slightly older, um, but the sure. first movie came out, I was um, 13, and then the second movie came out, I was 14, and then the third movie came out, and I was 16, 17, you know, like, I was, like, kind of growing up with Harry and I, Scott, I was, I was Scott kind of to camp out with you guys to buy uh, tickets or uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I think like, I think that I was um, probably more in line with the books with, with Harry's sure. age and that, but it was just such a magical story to kind of grow up um, with at the same time. And so um, I, I do think it's really sad. I mean, working in a high school and seeing that the kids think Harry Potter is stupid and like, they've never read the books or watched the movies. I'm like, what? Like, how? How can that be that you guys? Is that are like an immediate mis- detention? I'm just like, how are you guys doing? Like, they're like, oh, Harry Potter it seems dumb. I'm like, what? It's like the best story I've ever, 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 ever gone through. But then, meanwhile, they're they're pimping like stupid television shows. They're like, like, I'm watching Friends. I'm like, oh my, oh, God. my goodness, like what the hell? Um, yeah. So 
I'm really enjoying this. Um, I guess the other thing I would say is that um, I appreciate um, how different some of the endings can be and that the main villain of this isn't really even in it. He's like more of an entity, um, a bodiless, like broken, evil soul um, that is so weak that he has to just leech onto others for life. And so even if the end isn't really that crazy or exciting, uh, pretty much amateur wizard, well, a very amateur wizard, Harry Potter, um, is able to fend off evil uh, and, and save the day. And so I thought the ending was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It's not nearly as important as later stuff goes on because Harry's just getting his feet wet. Right, I mean, you can't just be like, "Oh, he's gonna face Voldemort in the first step." In the it first, it was just a cool way to show the bravery of Harry. Yeah, that he's a he's a different type of person. He's just so brave, and in the in the face of fear, in the face of death, um, he would always sacrifice himself for his friends well, and for others. He would always meet that challenge. He would always rise to the occasion, and he is he is flawed, and he has his own issues, but like when push comes to shove, he's going to risk it all to, to save everyone. Yeah. And and that's pretty typical for a lot of, you know, let's just call them heroes and, and heroines and that they would do those type of things. Cause I think, you know, you could say the same for um, Hermione as well. Like she would have done anything uh, for, for Harry and Ron, at least, you know, um, once they got to become you know, oh, yeah. better friends and stuff like that. So I think um, that sort of, Inert na- or uh, innate nature amongst uh, your your main hero um, goes without saying. However, Harry is, I think, initially naive enough to believe that I've got this newfound power and I'm going to use it to my advantage to to try and help my friends. Um, whether that was smart or not, and that was one of the things, like you said, that's one of his flaws uh, moving forward later in the books because. That's where Dumbledore is like, hey, man, you got you got to kind of like pick your battles. You got to dial it back a little bit. You got to use your head. You can't just react, you know, emotionally and, and try and save everybody. So um, like really powerful stuff, really cool metaphors. Um, visually, it was a C plus for me. I think at the time, visually, it was not quite at the level of of um, of what did we just watch? Lord of the Rings. It was not obviously behind that, yeah. but but like how grand the castle looked, the scale, like yeah. the, the the scale and how cool that looked. I, I thought they did a pretty nice job, and it only gets better from here. Agreed. Yep. All right, guys. So, oh jeez, oh, technology you failing, Eric. Oh, I I blew it. I was gonna play more Harry Potter music, but um, that has been Harry Potter and the Order of the Rewatch. We'll be back next week. We're watching Chamber. There it oh, goes. There it goes. Now, yeah, jeez. Um, <laughs> um, Who's the producer on this show? If you, him on hey, the if you want to watch uh, with us, check it out. Um, if you want to watch the first one still, it's it's easy to catch up. It's probably on TV right now. <laughs> it's also on HBO Max. It's on is, HBO Max. It's on uh, USA. It's on um, ABC. So when you, when you knock out the first couple episodes of Lovecraft Country... Scoot over the next day to uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and or if you're in uh, England, the Philosopher's Stone, and knock out the episode with us, or knock out the, the first film with us. Yeah, please do. It's really fun. Um, it's going to be a great rewatch, and I know some of you guys have done a great job watching with us. Now, if you were a person who loved Marvel and you loved... Uh, 
uh, why can't I think of Lord it of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. I don't know what's wrong with you. You just today. said it like a minute I, ago. I know. Um, if you if you love those, um, Harry Potter to me is my favorite story ever. Um, and it's at least at minimum on the same level as those. So if you haven't watched Harry Potter before, throw these movies on, even if you don't plan on watching or reading the books ever and go through it for the first time. You're going to have a great time. Also go read the books. I just read them. They're incredible. And if, if, if you are one of those weirdos who's never watched Harry Potter and has no idea what happens, these first movies are like children's movies. And by the end, they are like dark scary adult movies with lots of death and violence um the movies grow up as they go and i think that's one of the best parts about it so definitely um watch these with us especially if it's your first time and let us know what you think i'd love to hear someone's opinion as a first time harry potter listener i will literally quote you on the show if you do this and you send us your uh, reactions to these first two movies, just send us a little uh, a synopsis via Instagram. Yeah, and we'll we'll throw we'll throw you a little shout out. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, um, we're moving on now to Northeast rates. It's not the same without Jimmy Channels here. No, we'll but do the our two best. Two of us will do our best uh, to hold it down. So here we go. Northeast rates. First up, backwards baseball hats. Oh, I'm cool with it. Um, I think so. For me, being a bald man. Wearing the backwards hat makes you feel a little bit self-conscious, mm-hmm. but I've just learned to just embrace it. Like it doesn't matter. Um, I think if you're going to be a douche about it and always wear your hat backwards, yes. that's a little silly. Um, from like a comfort standpoint, it doesn't really <laughs> add anything. It doesn't really move the needle. Like it, it doesn't do anything one way or the other. Okay. So... I'm going to say backwards baseball hats. And I, I guess I, I, maybe I'm taking this from the wrong angle. Like, am I, am I judging other people or just me wearing one? <laughs> like, I don't know. Okay. So, so just that's, for, that's tough because I have, I have both takes. Okay. For me wearing one, um, I think it's like a 75. Like, it's just fine. Um, I would rather wear it forward. But from other people wearing it, like if you're the guy that like wears it backwards, but you have your hand over your eyes to keep the sun out of your eyes, you know, you're a zero. Um, I, I'll just go with my 75. 75 is fine. Okay. Um, so I'm going to take it. Uh, I have two takes on it. First off, um, I don't like wearing a backwards hat because it make, it doesn't make me look good. Like I think I look way worse. Um, so it made me think like who looks good with a backwards hat. And I realized every person who looks good with a backwards hat on um, only looks that way because they're just extremely handsome. Like Ken Griffey Jr. Just like anyone <laughs> who is just a really good looking handsome guy just looks good with a backwards hat on. And I think it's not because they have a backwards hat on. It's just because they're extremely handsome themselves. Um, I'm not one of those people. Every time I have a backwards hat on, people make comments about it. They're like, whoa, yeah. Um, I'm going to give backwards hat wearing, uh, I mean, I don't have a negative take. I wish I looked better with a backwards hat on. I just don't. I'm going to give it a, a 60. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Is that because you got a bucket head? Is that why the backwards hat <laughs> I have a huge looks- head, yeah. guys. It just doesn't look cool. It's like, hat. I'm lucky if the hat just fits me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, I found one that fits me. I'm going to wear it the right way. Um, all right, next up, we're going with Kim Kardashian. I want to say thanks to uh, Gabrielle, who's one of our listeners. There's a couple people I'm going to thank on this episode for throwing out good ones for us, um, putting forth a bunch every single week, making this segment rock. So thank you so much. Um, Kim Kardashian. You want to take this one first? I'm going to go first. Okay. Um, I I think I liked Kim Kardashian a lot more before 2020. Okay. 
And it's not that I was a Kim Kardashian fan. I don't like the Kardashian show. I don't really have any reason to like or dislike her. Um, I would say that her takes, her politics, her charity um, is genuinely pretty in line with me. Okay? But I think my opinion has fallen so drastically because of two things. One, her long-term feud and lying about the Kanye Taylor Swift stuff. Bad look. If you know and you listen to the show. Rough look. We are Team T Swift on the show. T Swizzle. Let's do it. We love T Swift. Ryan saw T Swift in concert. So we love T Swift over here. Anyone who's battling her, we're not on that team, especially when they lie about it. Bad look. Two, Kanye West, a former favorite of mine, now one of my least favorite people in the whole entire world, has absolutely gone off the rails and is um battling against his own uh people against black people around the country i mean i think he so to give him a little bit of a pass i think he's dealing with some unchecked mental health problems that when you're in that state (laughs) of like i want to i'm just going to say schizophrenia or you know bipolarity i can't fully blame him because he maybe doesn't know what he's doing I'm but, like Kim. But, step up to the plate. We gotta, we gotta put some of these words down and some of these actions down. Like, well, I think, I think from Kanye's tweets, she's tried. Like, uh, she tried to like get him to go to a mental facility, and then said, "God told me to ignore her or whatever." Uh, I don't know. Just, all right, you carry on, I, carry on with your, carry on with your Kim take. But let's not talk about Kanye too much. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm not, ra- I'm not rating Kanye. I'm rating Kim. Um, I would have given her a better rating in 2019, but it's 2020. Everything got worse. I'm going to take 20 points away from her. It's 2020. She hates T Swift. I love T Swift. I'm going to go Kim Kardashian 46. Way too high. <laughs> Way too high. I think uh, Kim Kardashian exemplifies all of the things that's wrong with, um. And I can't speak for them, but I feel like she represents a lot of things that's wrong with um, the f- society towards females in general, um, in treating them as uh, objects for uh, pleasure that have to look a certain way, that have to act a certain way, that have to have certain things in order to reach like this uh, female pinnacle. Um, again, I'm not speaking for females. I'm speaking as a male on the outside looking in. Um, I don't agree with... Um, the whoring of her children. I don't agree with the whoring of herself uh, for looks and likes and, and Instagram clout and all that stuff. Uh, Kim Kardashian could go away tomorrow and the world would be a better place in general. I, I just mean from the public eye. I don't mean, I don't wish her death, but just be out of the public eye for the foreseeable, for the foreseeable future. And I think uh, girls and young females will be better off uh, for it. Kim Kardashian is a six. <laughs> Ooh, a six. All right, we're going moving on to uh, something equally as controversial: raw oysters. I've only had one in my life, and I thought it was disgusting. I felt like I was like, if everyone's if anyone's ever like hocked up a loogie, and you held it in your mouth for a second because you didn't have a place to spit it. Like that's what an oyster felt like in my mouth, and I did the I did the you know the hot sauce on it like you're supposed to, and a little lemon juice. Yep, and I thought it was gross. Maybe a little horseradish on there. Um, I think a raw oyster is something I want to like more than I actually do. Agreed. I'm always like, oh, it's pretty tasty, but in reality, it was like kind of nasty. 
Um, I'm going to say raw oysters. You eat them for the experience just as much as anything. Um, also, I'm not really sure if I'm allergic to them or not because I'm allergic to crustaceans, but I don't know if I'm allergic to like scallops and, and oysters, uh, oysters yeah, yeah. and stuff. I'm not that, really that's sure. Bo- that's borderline. So I'm always like too afraid to really eat them. Um, I'm going to give them... Uh, if I was at an important thing, event, or I was at a cool party and someone put them out, I'd be like, oh, I love raw oysters. But in reality, raw oysters are uh, a 36. They're so, pretty sick. <laughs> so are we rating raw oysters or oysters? Raw oysters. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I will say like I've had like oysters Rockefeller. Have you ever had those? I don't know what that means. So that's where they like they take out the oyster meat and then they mix it up with like some cheese and some scallions and then it's cooked and then they broil it under the salamander so it like it's kind of like brown and bubbly that on top. That sounds great, but no, that's not it. This is like no, I know, you I take know, that I know. slimy hold on, hold thing. On. I know. I know what you're saying. I'm saying the oysters Rockefeller are awesome. Like I yeah. think that's really good. Raw oysters for me is like a 40. We're in the same category. Couldn't, we're, couldn't care less. Like I would eat them if someone had them and I'd like pretend they were good. I'd be like, "Wow, so fresh." Right from the ocean here in Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. It's flown <laughs> 17 hours on a frozen thing. I, I, like if someone bought like a, a plate for a table, you know, not that we're we're all enjoying a table together now, but it's, and, I, and they're like, yeah, do you want one? I'd like, yeah, sure, I'll have one. Yep. But that's too. it. I, would, I wouldn't be like, let's get another round yeah, of oysters. True. No, hard pass. All right, new shoes. Oh, man, new shoes. What? And I'm going to give credit here. Another one of our loyal, great listeners, Connor. Oh, hell yeah. He uh, put this one up. New shoes. Love this one. Lots of good things coming from Connor as well. He's like a tier one fan. Yeah, there's a lot of fans, guys. And I'm just naming a few that always put stuff up for for rates. So, you know, I'm just, I, I know you guys put them up, other people, um, but these two have like been flooding us with with stuff. Dude, so I'm trying new to give... shoes are the cream of the crop, man. Oh, like it's when you such get, a good feeling. When you, like you have your old pair of shoes and you've worn them for a while and you're like, no, those are still pretty comfortable. But then you slip on the new ones. You're like, oh my god! What I am think I how doing? cool you feel when you wear new shoes when they're nice and shiny. I'm and like, white. I'm the... avoiding things. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dang, there's a little moisture. I better wear the old ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It drizzled last night. I'm not going to walk outside in this. I'm like, I'm like checking the weather <laughs> because of the shoes I'm gonna wear. Uh, new shoes are great. And how I feel when I wear new shoes, I'm gonna go. Oh, it's a it's a high rating for me. New shoes, I'm going to go 95. Oh, man. I fucking love new shoes. Like, remember, like, school shopping for, like, the next year, and your mom was like, we're going to get you new shoes. And you're like, oh, hell yeah. Like, that was the best feeling as a kid when when your mom was, like, taking you shoe shopping. Oh, my God. New, like, school clothes shopping is... Well, that was brutal. Oh, my God. No, I loved it. It was my favorite. I wish someone would ask school clothes... I would I would love to rate that next week. See, but maybe maybe you had like a, a calmer parent than mine. Like school shopping for me was brutal. My mom was like, "Well, let's get Dockers." I'm like, "Fuck no, I want jeans." <laughs> you know, like that kind of shit. Oh, so I like, love that. I had to fight that battle. But like when we went to the when we went to Foot Locker, you know, yeah, like that was I was in my element and I found like some sweet Nikes, or like when you got your first pair of Reebok pumps, like that was the shit, man. All right, new shoes. What are you going? New shoes. I'm going 91. Oh, we love new shoes and 93 average. Maybe, wow. maybe I'm just like, I'm, I'm not trying to agree with you, but I think we feel very we feel, similarly yeah, about we these, do, we these do. topics. All right, next up, Tom Hardy. That's an interesting one. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Um, I like Tom Hardy. 
I don't hate Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy's overrated. I think Tom Hardy has been in better movies than he is as an actor. I, I think I, I like Tom Hardy, and we picked the, our favorite movie of the decade was <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road. It's a great choice. Um, so we picked him in our favorite movie. He like hardly spoke in it. Um, I like Tom Hardy. I think I want Tom Hardy to be better than he is. Okay, like I like I like pretend he's better because I want him to be something that he's not. Um, I like the things he's in. I don't know if he's amazing. I'm going to give Tom Hardy a 77. I think that's a pretty fair score. Yeah, I actually yeah. think it might be a little bit lower um, because everyone like everyone thinks like his character in Inception, you know, he mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling, like like an iconic line. But he also didn't really do much. No, in the movie, he he's like in. Um, remember the movie? Uh, you guys picked it as one of your favorite comedies. Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, with the surfing. Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd, and he's like, "Do less." Yeah, no, no, you got to do something. You got to do you something. No, do less. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how Tom Hardy acts. Yeah, like he's just always just doing less, and like he just underacts everything, and it's like his his thing. And that's how I'm gonna think of him from now on. Paul Rudd's surfing character. Yeah, I think I think he so he had the run as like, you know, Inception and then he was Bane and has had a couple other, you know, Mad Max. But then he's also done like the weird like Al Capone movie. He's he had uh what was that T V show? Uh Tab Tabo Tab what's the word, Eric? Taboo. Taboo. Wow, why couldn't I think of that? Um which was like okay. But it just also showed us that like he can't carry the lead by himself all that well, except unless he's like throwing fireplace ashes on his face. Um, I think he's like a sixty-five. I, th- I think the I think the movies that he's been in have been mostly phenomenal, but he's had very little to do with with that. Like we weren't watching The Dark Knight Rises solely for Tom Hardy. Like it was about Batman and Catwoman and 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 the the completion of the story and he played a very small part in that. Yeah, uh, not small. It was a it was a medium sized part, but he he had to follow the Joker, who died a tragic death. As that's well. true. <laughs> I don't know. Sixty five I think is a fine score for for Tom Hardy. Uh, okay, uh, next up, snow cones. I I want to know. This will really show how old you are right now because like. Like there's like an age cutoff for snow cones, and I don't know if you're younger than that or older than oh, that. Oh, I've definitely eaten 150 <laughs> snow cones in my because lifetime. Because if there's something that like old people love, it's a snow cone. I don't know really know why. Um, I haven't had one. I don't think in 20 years. Okay, a but snow as a kid, cone. Mm. So like, do you remember like baseball games? Oh yeah. As a kid. Oh yeah. No, I don't. I don't mean like twins games. I just oh, mean no, like you're, you're yeah you're playing your baseball. league baseball game and you get like a buck you go to go to the, spend. There's at like the concession the, there's stand. There's a concession stand in the middle of like four fields. And you give me give me the snow cone. Yep. Give me one shot of everything. You have one. I want gray, like what, I want col- what color do you want? I want the rainbow. I want all of them. I want the rainbow. That's what you asked for. And, and it, was it ever that good? No. It kept you cool. I think that was the thing was like it was like refreshing after like a hot July, you know, baseball game. It felt good to have like, you know, something. I mean, it's just shaved ice. Man, and a snow cone is really overrated. I think it's a, I think it's overrated too. Like it's way too sugary. I, I mean, it's a positive. It's a net positive for yeah, me. It's like a 52. I would like to have a snow cone when it's hot out, um, but I don't know if I think that they're good. No, they're not that good. I'm going to go with a snow cone. I'm going to say... Uh, Pleasant memories. I'm going to say a 59. I'm going 52. Is there any other like cold 
summer ice cream treat that I would rather have than a snow cone, I could think of 10 off the top of my head right now. And snow cones at the bottom of the list. All right, next up, Labor Day. <sighs> Labor Day is like, especially in Minnesota, it's kind of a, a landmark in the year where you know shit's about to get real cold as fuck. Yeah, and also I'm a teacher, so Labor Day is like, this is the Ooh. last day. <laughs> This is the end of freedom. You don't get to You're enjoy. You're going back to work tomorrow. So Labor Day is always like a, a somber moment for me. Not that I don't love teaching kids, but it's just I'm I'm kind of like, oh, you know what was really cool? Um, July and June. Just being yeah. off every day was really nice. Uh, so I would say Labor Day is, a, I mean, it's a Monday and you're off. And Which is positive. Yeah, it's a positive. I'm going to say Labor Day to me is a 51. <laughs> so barely, it's the barely last positive. day before I go back. I have On Labor Day, I'm like, I have to go back to work tomorrow. And I know all of you guys are like, yeah, me too, every day. Yeah. But it's just a little harder. If you've ever gone back after being on vacation for a while, you know it's difficult. Well, I've been on a long vacation. So Labor Day, I'm giving it a 51. That's fair. Like it's always the, it's the end of the state fair. Right, usually in a normal year, it's the end of the state fair. Is that when? La- yeah, Labor Day is the last day. Yes. Um, it means fall is coming, but it also means like football is right around the corner. Again, I'm talking. I'm talking Love in that. a normal. Love that. I'm talking about in a normal, a normal year. Um, but like, it is nice having a Monday off. I'll go like I'll go like sixty three. Okay. 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 We're kind of on the same page. Finally, last one of the the time here. Last one, Nordy's rates. We're going with clowns. Oh, God. <laughs> when was the last time a clown made you laugh? Have they ever? 1987? Clowns are not funny. Clowns Do you are remember not funny. the show Bozo the Clown? Yes. It was like live from our studio in Chicago, Bozo the Clown. I it was like it, not funny. And they had the ping pong bucket throw where you had to throw it yeah. like through buckets one through six or whatever. Not funny. Scary. Um, high school kids for a while were really afraid of clowns. Remember, Remember when clowns yeah, in the woods? They were like terrorizing people. Yes. Like around the US. This was pre-2020, but that was like the worst thing that happened in 2019. I just want you to know that I still um in the months and time after all the kids were afraid of clowns that were showing up in the woods and like showing up in people's windows i still in class would be like guys did you hear that um clowns are back and that they've been spotted in the woods right by our school and then they'd be like for real i'd be like yep yep (laughs) and then i would just never tell them that i was kidding yeah and i just try to re i tried to bring clowns back I hate clowns. They're creepy as hell. Um, would you trust your kids around clowns? Zero would percent. You, do you want your kids to see clowns? Do you think clowns are funny? Do you have a positive clown story? I don't. Um, I mean, I guess there were some clowns that handed out some like balloon animals mm, from time to time, mm. like at my grandma's nursing home. I'm good on that. I'm going to go clowns. I'm not particularly afraid of them. I'm going to give clowns uh, an 11. Yeah, I'm not in the I'm not in the uh, I I'm terrified of clowns category by any stretch of the imagination. There's way more scarier things, especially in 2020, like murder hornets. Um, but I don't think clowns are are that bad. But if my son, if either of my sons were like, "Dad, can I get a clown for my birthday?" I'd be like, "I'll buy you a car <laughs> instead of getting a fucking clown." Like I'll have a a, a new car. Sitting in the garage for you as long as we don't have to have clowns. Does in the it house. beat eleven or is it is it higher or lower? I I'll give it like a twenty 
because I think they had their place at some point in time, but it's long past. What about it? Oh, I thought the movie was stupid. Pretty bad. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it at all. I mean, there were some scary elements to it, but the ending was just ridiculously dumb. All right, guys. Well, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode of the Nordy's podcast. Again, a reminder to you guys to uh, wish James uh, a quick, speedy recovery. Um, from what was a, a scary moment, and it looks like uh, the worst has passed, and hopefully he lives a, li- a really good, healthy life from now on with no back pain. Well, now he gets to like he gets to milk it, right? He's we'll let gonna, him. We'll let him. No, he's but he's gonna be like, guys, can you get me a beer? Yeah, like, can I you can't carry do... everything? Yeah, can you just do it. Hey, which I guess like metaphorically, we've been carrying the load on this thing for for quite some time <laughs> now. So, uh, no, I, I kid. But yeah, seriously, Eric's right. Flood. Flood the Instagram DMs, like slide into his DMs and, and wish him a wish him a happy, healthy recovery because uh, we're wishing the same thing. And just on Nordy's podcast, he's always on there. So go on there, wish him well. Um, also, uh, we have a sports cast coming out later this week. And also, we have, uh, we're going to have episode three of the Purple Pride podcast dropping this week as well. Our newest uh, podcast in our little n- podcast network. So check that out as well. So lots of stuff for you guys, especially sports fans. Otherwise, thank you guys for supporting the Nordy's podcast.